Thank you for listening to the Firelife Church Podcast. For more information on Firelife Church in Irving, Texas, please visit wearefirelife.org. We pray the Lord blesses you greatly through this message. Let's open up the Bible, right? Why don't you open with me to uh, Jeremiah chapter 2. And we'll also be in a small book. It's right almost at the very end of the Old Testament. It's called Haggai. And uh, so we'll be in those two places. But before that, I just want to give a quick, uh, yesterday we had a prayer workshop. How many were at the prayer work? Yeah, we had, we had a great turnout. Uh, I think we had like 16 adults in the room and we were learning how to be a house of prayer. And uh, so thank you for those that came out. We believe that the Lord is, is reminding us of our DNA, our identity. And so this year, you're going to hear more about that and more about it. And it's going to become more visible and more of what we do. Um, and so Wednesday nights, we have house of prayer in person at 630 or on Zoom right here. Um, we also have prayer Monday through Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock. You can join us right here in this room. And then we also pray Sunday mornings before church. Um, prayer is the key. It is the master key. That's right. Like it is the key that unlocks heaven. It just does. And so um, like if, if Jesus said, I'm going to give you a secret weapon that you will always win and you'll always uh, walk in my footsteps and you will prosper in every way. If you'll have, if you'll just use this secret weapon, we would all use it. But then when we figure out it's prayer, we're like, oh man, prayer's hard. But it's because we have a complete misunderstanding of what prayer is. Prayer is not petitioning God only. Amen? Amen. How many of us think of prayer like we think of bringing God our list of bad things or things we need or, or problems we need solved? How would it feel if the closest relationship in your life, if your spouse came to you and the only thing they ever said was, here are all the problems that I have, that we have, Here's the honey-do list all the time. And it was only about that. It was not, I missed you. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. It wasn't that part of it. It was just, here's the list of what we've got to do. And that's what we've made prayer. And that's why we don't like prayer, because we're missing the life of it. It's the relationship. It's talking with God. It's listening to God. It's just sitting in his presence and not saying a word. They call that soaking in his presence. And so prayer has become, we think of it as we bring our list to God. And and there's a huge flaw in that mentality. And that, besides, it doesn't work. When I bring him my list, he has a different list than I do. So that's the flaw in it. It's that I think that I could educate God in what I need. (laughs) And God's like, no, like I'm, I'm the boss. But if you will fellowship with me, then your heart will begin to know what you need and long for what you need. I will give you the desires of your heart. And then in intimate relationship through communication, through prayer, then you will have your prayers answered. You'll get the things that you ask for because your heart is set on the right things. And so we are so excited about this. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it. There were some cool things that happened. Uh, do I have a thumbs up, Jason? Just, I don't have to go details, but so we were doing one, we were doing activations. And so we were sitting at tables of, I think, five at a table. And so our table was, was uh, my family, mostly Josiah, Matthias, Mandy, myself, and Jason. And all the activity at this point was, was let's all be quiet. Let's quiet our souls and our spirits, and let's ask God for just a word. 
It doesn't matter what the word is. Don't overthink it. Just write the word, the one word he gives you, write it down. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring that together and we're gonna see if there's any chance that they're connected in any way. We're gonna ask God, what's your heart for all these weird words that have been put together? And then we're gonna pray and he's gonna give us insight into it, right? And so I couldn't believe what happened when we did this. So um, the words that came out of our group was, mine was bicycle. I'm like, okay, bicycle, whatever. And I'm, so I'm trying to spiritualize it. Well, it takes balance to ride a bicycle and, and it's exercising your faith. I'm like, being st- George, Lord's like, stop it, it's just a bicycle. So, <laughs> so I get a bicycle and Josiah gets a pizza deliverer, like a pizza delivery person. We didn't tell each other, we're riding them down on our own. So it's not like I said bicycle and he thought, oh, pizza delivery. Or he said, it, we weren't communicating, we were just praying and God gave us the word. And Mandy got arrow or street, and Jason was like, man, I'm having a real hard time. And so Hank was like, well, let's stop and let's pray. Like, Lord, whatever the next word that comes to his mind is the word you wanted him to think about. So we paused and Jason said, frustrated. <laughs> and so we we're like, okay, all right, all right, God, let's bring the words. So we all shared our words. We put them and we looked at it. We're like, okay, bicycle pizza delivery. And we're like, Lord, what are you saying in this? And I think it was Josiah stepped up and, and way to go, buddy. We had a prophetic moment here. We're like, this is for Jason. We, we got a word of knowledge in the moment. Though This word is for Jason. Jason's the one frustrated. And so Josiah's like, well, the, the, the pizza delivery, he's frustrated because he's having to deliver pizzas on a bicycle when there's a much easier, more efficient, better way to do this. And it's causing frustration in his life. And it was for Jason. So guess what? We just did this weird exercise. We all got weird words. And the Lord says, oh, you think that you know what I'm doing, but I'm ministering to the person right next to you who may not even know he needs this. He's frustrated with the process that's going on. So we got to all pray for Jason. Come on. How cool is that? So that's what prayer is. We don't know what to pray, but the Spirit prays through us. He gives us insight. So how many want to pray more? Yeah, like this stuff happens. Uh, it is impossible to pray and have nothing happen. Amen. How many have ever said, well, I, 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 I want to correct this. There's no such thing as unanswered prayers. Like we, we, we use like the old, was it Garth Brooks? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I'm like, well, if they were unanswered, it's because I was praying the wrong thing. But it's impossible to pray the will of God and have nothing happen. So I need to just get his will and just ask for those things and stop complicating it. Stop making it so difficult. Like, I don't have to be smart. I don't have to think and figure it all out. I just have to do what he, what he asked me to do. And so that's what we mean, prayer, a house of prayer. A people that are in tune with God and just go with him, all right? So yeah, that's a plug for that. So we wanna be a house of prayer. We want to see people's lives change and transform. So, Father, we just thank you um, today. We thank you because your presence is here. We thank you because we have, um, we've had an encounter with you, and we ask that you would finish what you've started. I pray, God, that you would bring revelation. I pray that it would transform hearts and lives. Come on. Hmm. Why don't you pray that? God, I ask for you to transform me today. Amen. This is going to be short. So in Jeremiah chapter 2, there's a scripture. 
And this actually, this, I had this other stuff prepared, but this scripture came out in our, one of our exercises. Like, Lord, give me a, a Bible verse and then give me your heart for it. I want to pray it. And this was the verse that came to my mind. It was Jeremiah 2, verse 13. And a lot of times I'll get a verse and I'll know what the verse is. Like, you know, Matthew 6, 33, what is that? Seek first the kingdom. Or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord. I didn't know this when I was like, man, I could be, you know, getting anything. So I open it up and I read it. And this is what it says. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, evil number one, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewn for themselves or created or fashioned for themselves their own cisterns and their broken cisterns that cannot hold any water. I was like, oh my goodness. And the Lord began to really start talking to me out of this, that He's been doing this in fire life for a season where he's trying to get us um, into the posture of surrender where Jesus is Lord. You understand what, when we say like Jesus is Lord, it doesn't mean when I, when I die, I go to heaven and he's my Lord then. It means he has influence in my life right now. How many believe that? And here's the truth about it. He actually is supposed to have the biggest influence in my life right now. That's how I know he's Lord. So if we're struggling like, man, is Jesus the Lord of my life? Am I really serving him? Am I really following him? The easiest way to figure that out is A, is ask him. <laughs> or B, you know what? What is, getting the, what is influencing my life the most right now? Because that thing will indicate what my Lord is. If I'm worried all the time, then I have a different Lord than Jesus. It's probably safety. I'd probably rather be safe and have everything perfectly nice and clean and neat and have no messes. If I'm worried all the time, I probably worship safety and call it peace, but it's not peace. So the Lord has been talking to us. He's like, we, I want Jesus to be the Lord of our life. We want to be Christ followers, not Christians. Who's just like, when we're filling out the form, are you a Christian? Yep, I'm a Christian. No, no, I'm not, a, I'm not just a Christian. I am a person who is in love with Jesus, who's a real person, who has influence in my life. I mean, God was the Lord of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus wasn't even his own Lord? I know that sounds crazy. He was not his own Lord. He did nothing on his own. The son of God with all power and all authority figured out, I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what my father tells me to do. I have a Lord. This is Jesus. Jesus is saying, I have a Lord and he is my father and I am in him and he is in me. I abide in him. Jesus often would never give a response when people criticized him. There was one specific topic that he would always fight back on. And it was, no, I'm in my father. I am my father's son. I am in him and he is in me. And if you've seen me, then you have seen the father. Jesus would defend that because he had a Lord who was the greatest influence over his life. He did nothing out of his own spirit, out of his own will. He was in submission, perfect submission to the Father. And he did it to show us how to do it. And so this verse is saying, we have committed two evils. We've forsaken him as the Lord, as the fountain of our life. 
Amen. I love that we sing this today. All my fountains are in you. I love the song. And, and I think about it like it, all hope, all good things that spring out of my life comes from him and nothing else. So when he is, that's sin number one. We don't have him as our fountain. We have forsaken him. But sin number two is if he isn't my number one fountain, then I will always create another one. It may be a spouse. I may be over relying on my spouse to meet the needs of my heart. I may be allowing my spouse or my friend or a relationship or my workplace have undue influence in how I feel about my life. And if I'm doing that, I have made that thing my source and not God. And so what will happen is we protect the source where our water comes from. So if God is my source, I'm going to protect that place. But if I begin to make other things the source of my life, then I am going to begin to defend and build walls around those things and guard them and protect them as if they're mine. And he says, what you've done is you've forsaken me and you've dug your own wells and you don't even realize that they're broken and they can't even hold water. All that work, all that work of digging, of preparing, of building this thing that I think gives life to me, and you realize that it's an empty well. I mean, I've done that before. We put all our eggs in this basket and it ends up being a waste. And the Lord's saying, this is actually an evil thing. Wow. Like when the Lord says things like that, it jumps out to me because I would, I would probably have said, my people have committed two foolish things. They've done two foolish things. Or they've been, they've been immature or lax or, or unwise. But he's like, no, no, you're not foolish. You're not, you're not being lax. You're not being unwise. You're actually being evil. If I'm not your source and if you think you can build another source. See, so he goes all the way back to the beginning. What is, uh, Satan has many names, right, in the Bible. Many names. He's the accuser of the brethren who stands before God and accuses us day and night. He accuses us, right? He accuses us to one another. He accuses us to ourselves. He's the accuser. But one of them is he's the father of lies. He cannot speak the truth. And, you know, it was probably about a year or so ago, maybe a year and a half, where, where we discovered this truth in the Bible that gave us what that meant. When it says he is the father of lies, it's because everything he speaks comes from his own source. It came from himself. It did not come from a place of life. And so he's evil and he's the father of lies because he thinks that he has a source of water inside of him that he doesn't have. And in this scripture in Jeremiah, the Lord is saying to us, you are being evil as well when you think that you have some source that you can connect to that's apart from me. He even told the Pharisees, you're like your father, Satan. Whoa, man, what a horrible thing for Jesus to say. You guys are just like your dad, Satan. <laughs> like, no, 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 Abraham's our father. He's like, no, 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 Satan's your dad. That's right, you should get a t-shirt. Satan's my daddy. 
That's it, you guys. That's what he told them that. And, and the reason was is because they thought they had the source. You guys okay? So when we think uh, that we can create this own source or when we allow or when we fashion our life to the point where God is not our source, we're drawing from our own resources and we don't even realize that there's, there's nothing can come from it. Here's, what, here's what's happening in the world right now. The world is discovering all the fountains that we've dug were empty. That's what, if we, if we wanna sum up what's going on in the world right now, I think that would be the best description. Yeah, there's political turmoil. Yeah, there's division. Yeah, there's all this strife. But all the strife is coming from the fact that we thought we had a water source and it was empty and we're frustrated about it as a planet. You're okay. We've forsaken, we have forsaken God as the source and we have built all of these other things, the, the market, the finances, the entertainment, political power, relationships, money, power, sex, you fill in the blank. All of those things were dug as cisterns that had no water in them and all of, the, all of humanity now is discovering, oh my goodness, all these things that we thought were bringing life to us had nothing to offer us and they don't know where to go for the real source. And all of creation is groaning right now and longing for what? For the manifestation of the sons of God to appear. For people to say, hey guys, there's water over here. Ooh. <laughs> there's a well over here you guys don't know about, but it's a deep well. And if you drink of that well, you'll never thirst again. And you, and you drink of this well and it's called the well of salvation. Oh, come on. That's way better than the well of money or power or sex or fill in the blank. It's way better than those wells. It's the well of salvation. And that word salvation means saved, healed, delivered. It covers it all. Guys, the source is right here. It's Jesus. And he says, with joy, drink deep from the wells of salvation. He's waiting for you and I to figure this out and to make him our only source of water the only place that we drink from. And then when we figure it out, we tell everyone else, hey guys, there's a well. I can help you dig this well. I can help you connect to this well and it'll never run dry. It'll never disappoint you. It'll never fail you. It'll never leave you on your own. It'll never say, here, you figure it out. Whew. Let's go to Haggai real quick to finish this out. Poor guy needed a better name. <laughs> There's a lot of that in the Bible, huh? Yeah, my name is Haggai. Like, okay, all right, sorry, buddy. Haggai, verse, we're gonna read verse one through nine. It says, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, pretty, pretty accurate prophetic word here, exact timing. The word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest saying, all right, this is what God says to Haggai. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, this people says, he's saying, look at the earth, all the people of the earth. This is what they're saying in their heart. God is revealing a secret to Haggai. If you're still looking for it, it's right, right before the end of the New Testament. 
I I still hear some pages turning. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, then Matthew. All right. (laughs) I love hearing the pages turn, though. That's so much better than our phones. Bring your Bibles. It's a beautiful sound. Like, everybody do it. Just turn the, that's a beautiful, powerful, anointed sound. All right, Haggai. So this is what he says. Like, the people of the earth, this is what's, their, what's in their heart. I'm gonna lift the veil, and you're gonna hear what's in their heart. This people says, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. You see that? They're saying, we'll build a place for God later. I said that when I was young. Anyone else do that? Like, oh yeah, I want to have fun for a little while. I'll come back and catch God on the next bus later. <laughs> and God doesn't work like that, does he? He's merciful, but he, he decides when the bus arrives. <laughs> he says, this people have said, it's not time for us to build a place for God. Then the word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai saying, uh, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in paneled houses? and for this temple to lie in ruins. So here's what they were saying. It's time for us to take care of our stuff. It's time for us to panel our houses and make our gardens beautiful and to paint the walls the newest trendy color from Magnolia. And it's time to do all of that. And I'm I'm all for all that. I really love it. But not at the expense of building a dwelling place for God. All right, you ready? And so this is what the Lord says to them. He says, consider your ways. Stop. Think about what you're doing. And then he asks them some kind of questions. Or he makes some statements that are also some questions filled in. He says, you have sown much, but you brought in little. He's basically saying, is all of your work and effort, has it been worth it? Let me ask that. Like, I asked that question to myself. Jared, is the life I'm building right now, is it really worth it? Am I building things that are worth my time? Am I spending my time, my talent, my treasure, my effort, my rest, my sleep? Am I spending all of that on things that are actually going to last? Or am I wasting it right now? He says, you, you guys eat. You eat the best food. Hopefully today we get to take Josiah. Josiah loves sushi, all right? I'm not a, I'll eat the sushi, but I'd rather have the steak. All right, so let's go to a hibachi plate that has both. <laughs> and I got to tell you, this is really cute. So Levi likes sushi as well, but he doesn't call it sushi. He calls it smooshy. <laughs> He's like, I want some smooshy. I'm like, oh, I love it. Don't ever stop. Keep, keep saying it that way. He's like, you guys eat the best smooshy and have the best steaks and the best Texas barbecue. You have all of that. But let me ask you a question. Is it enough? Are you full yet? You drink. You have all the amazing stuff to drink. Does it satisfy you? Are you filled up? Are you refreshed by what you're drinking? He says, you clothe yourselves, but are you even warm? I'm never warm anymore. I don't know what happened to me. I used to be the hot, always hot. And now I'm like, and I'm cold right now. Don't even laugh at me. I know some of you are cold too. I'm with you. (laughs) But I'm the guy running the AC and someone else could change it if they want to. But yes, I'm even wearing a coat and I I sit in my house and I'm still cold. And I don't, I got to 
something's happening to me. I'm getting old. <laughs> the blankets have now turned. That's dad's blanket. Ah, what is going on? Mandy's like, why is it so hot in here? I'm like, it's 64. It's not hot. <laughs> and he's like, you guys are clothed. You look so beautiful. Are you even warm? And then he's, oh, this one. Here we go. Here we go. And he, he who earns wages, you earn them and you put them in bags with holes in it. You're working really hard. Man, you got that bonus. Where did it go? I don't know. Anyone else? You work on your budget at home. You're like, man, I saw this money come in and it looked real. Wow, this is good. And then you're like, I don't know where it went. I think it went on the food that was so good and the drink and the clothes. And now it's gone. Now I have nothing to show for it. It didn't even satisfy. It is not a place, a, a living water. It is not a resource for me. It was just a necessity of life that the Bible told us not to even worry ourselves with. Jesus said, don't worry about these things, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. This is what he's referring to here. But he's like, if you'll seek first the kingdom, if you'll seek first the true living water, the well that never runs dry, seek that first, you'll have everything that you want and you will be content. And I'm tired of putting money in bags with holes in it. Like, oh, I'm going to put it in this market. It's safe and it disappears. You put it like, right, you put it in this account and it disappears. Come on. And then this is the, what the Lord says to them. Consider your ways. And guess what his solution is? Go up to the mountains and bring firewood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. What was the solution to all of the emptiness that they experienced? Build a dwelling place for God. Dig a well. Come on. Find a well. You can turn that right there on that column. You can pump it up to 73 or whatever. I don't care, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what happened. My hands are literally cold. Put them in my pockets. They have holes in them. <laughs> You're like, here's the solution, guys. It's not buy more food. It's not drink more drink. It's not put on better, finer clothes from, from overseas or from this other place. He's like, go build me a place where I can live. Build a well inside of your house. Build a dwelling place for me in your home. And build a prayer closet. Create a direct communication with me. And I will fulfill you. I will satisfy you. You want to know how we live recession-proof in the kingdom? We build a place for God. Where it doesn't matter if it's going well or going poorly. I'm good. What did Paul say? I've been poor, I've been rich, but I've learned the secret of contentment is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the solution coming up. There's gonna be hard times in the future. This year is probably gonna be chaos. You think it was chaotic in the last four, eight, 10, 12 years? This year's gonna be different worldwide. I'm telling you right now. Uh, we were sh I was talking yesterday. There are 3.2 billion people this, this year where their country is coming up for an election. Do you understand that almost half the world is gonna see a turnover in their leadership this year? That is change. 
I hope there's some hope and change in it. <laughs> but that's some change, right? I'm talking about God's hope and change, not, not political party hope and change. I don't, the political parties can do nothing for us. But you know what? If we will build a dwelling place, he'll feed us in the desert. He'll feed us when things are going well. It doesn't matter. He will take care of us. What does it say? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Why? Because they figured out. Oh, let's go to Psalm 84. Let's close with it. Too good to pass it up. This is one of those songs of Korah that are still wrecking me. Psalm 84, verse 5, blessed is a man whose strength or whose source is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage, whose heart is set on a journey, a walk with God. Psalm 84, verse 5, blessed is a man whose source is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrim, pilgrimage, even though they pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, bitterness, they make it a spring. <laughs> There is a spring that we have. There is a river whose, whose streams make glad the city of our God. Come on. They will make it a spring and the rain will also cover it with pools and they will go from strength to strength. Come on, from glory to glory until God appears in Zion. That's the promise for us. That's the word for us. But it starts by doing the right things first. Go up on the mountain. And that, that represents seeking the Lord. Back then, when they would go before God, Moses climbed the mountain and walked into the presence of God on the mountain and talked face to face with God. So when he tells us, go up on the mountain, he's saying, go and seek God and then create a sacrifice that's worthy of him. Put it on the altar, let his fire fall on it and then drink from his source from now on. That's the answer to us. Would you stand? We're just close right there. That's a good word for us. He wants us to plant ourselves near this stream that will never run dry. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Whew, come on yeah I, I, I speak this word over fire life over you right now this year's going to be a fun adventure of discovering the rivers of God, the spring of God. Like you're going to open your Bible and you're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen this before. You're going to bow down to pray and you're like, oh, I've never felt the presence of God. I've never heard him so clearly. Come on. You're going to, everyone else may be looking like they're sad and crying and you're not. You're going to be good because he's with you, right? So just begin to stir up that, right? Take a drink right now. Come on. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, drink deep from that well. God, you're our source. Come on. We're not going to stand here long. I'm opening the altar. If you want to dig a well this year, you want to dig a well and tap into the eternal river, the eternal spring of God, would you join me here at the front? And we're just going to seek God. We're going to open our heart and we're going to connect to him and we're going to drink from him right now. If you need prayer at the end, we'll meet you here at the front. Um, but yeah, let's seek the Lord.